sun comes up. Thank you. 
Nathaniel. Yes, sir. Let's come up and do it. Well, we uh, have achieved our goal for the Reese's. Now we're working on our M&M fund. Yes! Yes! M&M. What's up? Go ahead, Derek. Bob, are Push it, boy. Push it. Lord Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord God, thanking you for all that you've done, Lord God. Lord Jesus, uh, pushing our understanding of you, Lord God. Yes, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for us free place to come and worship Lord yes. God and Lord Jesus just hear, to hear what you have to say Lord God because we you, if, if it wasn't for you Lord God right. and what thank you did you, Lord God yes. we wouldn't be here Lord God right. so we you, thank Lord. you thank Lord you, God Jesus. for everything that you do Lord God <clears throat> even the things behind the scenes of yes. Lord, yes. Amen. Lord God Lord thank Jesus, you, Lord. we thank you for it, Lord God. Yes. And, thank you, and we Jesus. lift up your name, Lord Jesus. Now, Lord God, I ask that you watch over everybody on the prayer list, yes, Lord God. Take them. away those cancers, Lord Jesus. Yes. Lord Jesus, make it like they never existed, Lord thank God. You, Lord. And, and now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you thank take you, these Jesus. offerings to the good of your kingdom, yes, Lord God. Lord. Have them be used for what you'd have Thank them be you, used Jesus. for, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, we'll never fail to give you the Thank honor, you, the thanks, and the glory for it all, Lord Thank Jesus. You, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. All right, Rue. Let's go over and help me today, young lady. She I pick on it so much, it's called aggravator. Yeah. I asked her today if she remembered the song. Remember the song? Yeah. I asked her today if she remembered the song, uh, I'm in the Lord's Army. Any, how many adults remember that song? Just a little, a little bit. Just a little. All right, well, because we're going to need the adults to help us. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. We'll go through it once. And you just watch me, and it's easy. There's only four things you got to do. It's real cool. So, do you remember Hot Dogs Wild? you remember that song? No, you don't remember that song. You do? Back when you was a kid? Oh, That's awesome. <laughs> so, the way the chorus, the chorus goes, I'm in the Lord's Army. Now, when we say that part, all the adults and the kids got to go, yes, yes sir. sir. Right? Every time we say that. But then we're going to get to the next part that's really fun and Rue is excited about, right? So after you get done with I'm in the Lord's Army, we say, I may never uh, march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry. Come on, see, I'm helping you, right? March in the, come on, march in the infantry. That's right. Ride in the cavalry. Ride in the cavalry. I may never uh, fly. Oh, no, we forgot to shoot the artillery. I may never march in the infantry. Ride in the Calvary. Go on, go on. Look, see, just do Ride in the Calvary. Shoot the artillery. Come on, you got to shoot the artillery. Shoot the, but I, uh, I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. All right, you ready? Okay, can everybody stand up one more time? Here we go. Yes. Where out goes one. Ready? I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army, yes sir. I may never 
scholars say erred. Erred? Yeah, erred. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. Now, that verse is, is a golden verse for me. Because this is the kind of people you guys are. Think about this. This guy's saying, hey, if you'll teach me, I'll hold my tongue. So in other words, this is a person who's saying that if you've got some way to teach me that'll help me, I'll be quiet and listen. If there's something that can help me in my life, yes. I want to know about it. If you got a way that you can tell me, that you can show me that if I take and, and apply in my life, it'll help my finances, I want to know about it. If there's something that can improve my marriage, I'd like to know that. If there's something that can help me uh, better to raise my children to be positive, productive adults, I want to know about that. And that's the attitude this person has. Teach me and I'll hold my tongue. I'm not here to tell you everything I believe. Tell me, show me what you believe. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred, where I've messed up. You know, it's funny, Nathan, that that happened today. Now that I think about it, I have to believe that's exactly why our conversation took place. I was banging on the door down there, even after we knew Stacy was coming, I kept banging, because I was trying to get my point across to somebody that worked here that this might be one of the first things you wanted to do this morning. <laughs> it's nice you got all the rooms upstairs open, but if nobody get in, they can't get to the room upstairs that are open, right? And so Nathan uh, met us on the stairs and offered to help. He said, man, I'll grab some of that stuff that you're carrying. And I said, no, ask, you know, get Kitty stuff. And Kitty said she had it too. And then Nathan said, man, Arliss, you're always so stubborn. You have to do everything all on your own. I did not have time to explain to him that when you get my age and you're carrying stuff, once you've found a center of balance, right. you're not handing nothing over. Right. Because when you get a certain age, you start walking like this and something bad can happen, right? Yep. Yep. You older fellows know what I'm talking about. You yep. older ladies. Nathan, you will one day. Yep. So, but we came inside and Nathan, uh, we kind of went back and forth a little bit because by the time Nathan got here, he decided that everybody in the whole world was stubborn except for him. Yeah. <laughs> and if he'd asked him, that's why he would have told you. So I started laughing because Nathan... For two years, I asked him, Nathan, when did you guys move here? And he said, well, two years ago. I said, okay, the rule for 
being able to play a song on Sunday was the same two years ago as it is right now. Right. And in two years, you're so hard-headed, you still won't do it the way I told you you have to do it in order to be able to play. Because he was upset he couldn't play a song today. And he said, but Arliss, I can pick up a guitar and play anything. And I know he can. I've seen him. But what I'm trying to teach Nathan is the principle that church ain't just like playing something somewhere else. Amen. Right. You can't be fooled by the fact that we're here in blue jeans and t-shirts and the fanciest dressed guy really any fancy dress he threw a jacket on something that he could have worked on the car in right you can't be fooled by all that because when we come together here god honors that and shows yes, up yes. so when we get on the guitar we may be able to not have to practice all week to do a song right but this is for god yes. so what the effort we would put in that would be acceptable anywhere else we shouldn't be the same level of effort we put into something for God. And that's the main thrust of what I've been trying to teach Nathan, right? So Nathan said, you know what? I'll have that song. I'm going to work on that song. I said, Nathan, you follow the rule. I want you to play next Sunday. He said, okay, I'm going to work on it this week. Okay? So the principle here is that Nathan... By the time all that was done, when we started, he was aggravated with me. I was on my way back out the door before church to get the last thing I'd carry upstairs. And Nathan said, I ain't hard-headed. And I said, no. That's why you had a meltdown last night, because you can't sing your song today. And Nathan turned out and said something to me, and all I saw was his mouth go open while I went out the door. And I knew that I had aggravated Nathan, which was my intent, right? But by the time I got back up, you guys heard Nathan's prayer request to start a service. In 20 minutes, Nathan ain't mad no more. He ain't aggravated no more. He's not trying to tell me why that's the stupidest rule he's ever heard. You know what he said? <laughs> God, help me that I would have the right spirit, do things the right way. Amen. Okay? Yeah. That's the attitude the scripture projects. That's right. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. Just tell me what my mistake was. Notice, that's not asking for the person that has the spirit to say, but if you've done this, do none of that, whatever happened. Yeah. Or you know, just keep doing it up in a dumb way. That's why you have these problems. It's all your fault. No. That kind of approach never helps anybody. And there isn't any of us in here that receives that kind of approach from anybody else in the whole world. Yeah. That will shut us down and get the teeth set right away, right? So this is the kind of person that says, hey, if you'll talk to me, teach me, and I'll hold my tongue. Don't accuse me. Don't point out all my mistakes like, aha, you don't know what you're doing. No. But if you want to teach me, I will listen. Cause me to understand where I messed up. You see, look, you can't just, the teaching and the causing, the showing the mistakes have to go hand in hand. Yeah. You can't just tell somebody what their mistakes was. <laughs> right. And then tell them they shouldn't do that no more. Thanks for the help, dude. I figured that out when I got the DUI. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, sir. Thanks for the revelation. Don't do that no more. Boy, I'm glad you talked to me today. No, but when you point out the mistake, now then you show what the right way to do it is, right? So that same thing doesn't turn out the same way. What's that old saying? It's a, a, a madness to do the same thing the same way you always did and expect a different result, yeah. right? So if we can teach them and show them, dude, that causes you a lot of problems. But check this out. If you'll try this next time, watch and see. It'll be different. And then he says how forcible are what kind of words? Right, right words. Not forcible as in bam. Not forcible as in slamming somebody or cutting them to the quick with your tongue. No, forcible as in there's power behind right words. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the one principle I say all the time is, is that my job is to take a principle from the Word of God and explain to you how to take it home and apply it, right? So you can go home now and apply that principle all week because it's the Word of God and it's a forcible Word. It has power behind it. It's alive. So if you take it home and apply it next week, you'll be back here early because you'll be like, dude, I went home last week and I tried that thing you taught us and guess what? What? It worked. What else you got in that book? How forcible are right words? But what does your arguing correct or prove? Nothing. You see the spirit is trying to project? You can see both sides of this. You can see it's letting us have some insight into the spirit that's going to cause somebody to listen to us if we know something good for them. But it's also letting us know how our spirit ought to be when we talk to somebody. We should have a good spirit. Arguing doesn't correct anything. Just pointing out that the wrong doesn't do any good. Yeah. Right words have force. Yeah. They work. This is why you cannot accept any kind of ideology, any yeah. kind of teaching that has not been proved yeah. to work. No matter if it's the majority of our society that is pushing an ideology, it doesn't matter. The majority Amen. is not always right. Amen. Now the next chapter, chapter 7, we're going to pick up at verse 8. And it's along the same train of thought. We are living in a time in our society where the words that have force that are being spoken in the public arena are words of violence. The words of division. They are intended and created to cause there to be division, even though they use words like inclusion and diversity. When you hear those words, but then you look for the proof of that inclusion and diversity, what you find is there's nothing inclusive about it at all. What they mean by their inclusiveness is if we will include ourselves in their way of thinking, then we can be part of the group. But if we will not include ourselves in their way of thinking, then we are to be shunned and outcast and they refer to us as the haters, even though we have been outcast. Yeah. Same way with the diversity. See, this is why you have to look for the force behind the word. Look for the fruit on the tree. Mm -hmm. They talk about diversity like we should accept this different way of thinking because we should be open to diversity. The only problem is, in their frame of mind, what that means is the only different way of thinking we should be open to is theirs. If we do not agree with their different way of thinking, we are outcasts, we are the minority, we are the religious right, well, wear that with a badge of honor if that what that means. Mm -hmm. That we are the ones that don't like diversity. But when you look at the fruit on the tree, the action behind their words, they have proved they're the ones that don't want any diversity. All they want is people that think the way they think, believe the way they believe, and view everything the way they do. The problem with that, if we don't step back from the noise... We don't step back from the tension and the stress in our society today. And if we don't, if we can stop from letting our emotions rise up because they want to. Our, a very small part of our society, 
less than 1% of our whole society has all the loud microphones right now. Less than 1% of our society has the top seats in our government with all the power and the loudest voices. Because of that, it can start to seem like we are in the minority and most of society thinks that way and believes that way. You have to step back from the noise because that is not true. In verse number 8, chapter 8, inquire, I pray thee, of the former age. Draw from evidence of history. Inquire of the former age. Prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. This is awesome. So what this means is, when you're going to make major decisions for your society, when we on a smaller level are going to make major decisions for our families, Mm -hmm. for the way we run our marriage, run our marriage, that's funny, for the way we raise our children, for the way we uh, raise our grandchildren when we have them, right? When we're going to make these decisions, we cannot make these decisions only with the evidence of what society around us has shown us. That would be bad. That would be denying our marriage, our families, our children, our grandchildren, the wealth of knowledge that has been accumulated from thousands upon thousands of years of history of mankind. In other words, marriage has been around since Adam and Eve. I can't decide what kind of marriage I want to have based on the way the marriages are in the society around me, based on the way most people are running their marriages. No, I'm going to draw on 6,000 years of marital experience because in 6,000 years, it's going to show me all the ways that don't work. It's going to show me all the ways that do work. It's going to show me all the ways that we can be married for decades and still look like we're courting. And what you'll find when you do study, it's to prepare yourself. In other words, get ready to do your own homework. Do your homework. It's your marriage. It's your children. It's your grandchildren. It's your home. It's your life. And it's your soul. So when we decide to to have a principle we're going to live by, do your homework. And look what it says to do. Prepare yourself to the search of their fathers. So first it says inquire of the former age. In other words, look at the results of all the history behind us. Whatever former age you want to go to. Go back to the 1900s. That's cool. Go back to the 1800s if you want to. Whatever, Wherever you want to go which will make you satisfied in mankind's history. Do that. But when you get done with that, prepare yourself to search their fathers. Yeah. Right. Yes. In other words, use all the information available. Use all the evidence available about how we should behave in this world. Because if you don't, you'll give in to peer pressure. Whatever the society in the day and age believes in, you'll give in to it eventually. You'll start to feel like, man, I'm the oddball. If everybody else feels this way and I don't feel this way, then you know, I can't be right. If all the rest of society is doing this, it must be okay. Our government says it's okay. A lot of churches say it's okay. A lot of Christians say it's okay. Then it must just be me. Maybe we've evolved and we're enlightened. No. No. Maybe society has ignored the history of the former age 
and has never done the homework to search out what happened with their fathers when they did things a certain way. America is not even 250 years old. Rome lasted a thousand years. The world dominant power for a thousand years. Four, over four times the length that America has been existence. And not as some mid-level player in world economics or world politics, the dominant power in the world for a thousand years. An opposing army didn't cause it to crumble. A greater economy didn't make it crumble. What happened was it crumbled from within. Mm-hmm. And are you ready for this? When you do prepare yourself to search from the fathers before the former age and you research what caused Rome to fall, it fell from within. And what history says is that society had accepted perverted lifestyles as normal, pushed them. Their government was full of homosexual men that went to bathhouses with little boys. And it was corrupt within, and it wasn't even a whole generation after that became the dominant voice, not the majority of the people, the loudest voice with all the microphones and the seats of power that it wasn't even an entire generation before a world power that had been the world power for a thousand years fell. Fell. We are less than 250 years old and we have gotten to a place where that very same thing is trying to happen already when it didn't try to happen for Rome until they were here almost a thousand years. What that illustrates is the timetable has sped up. The days are drawing to an end. The age of mankind is drawing to a close. So all those powers are working overtime harder and faster than they ever did. And though we are less than 25% as old as Rome was when they were at that crossroad, we are there nevertheless. And if we do not do our due diligence and inquire of the former age and look at history and see what happened when those voices were allowed to dictate societal policy, the same thing will happen here. That's right, amen. It will. That's why what you do is so important. Don't let the devil convince you you ain't doing nothing. Every Sunday, when you all load up in that Ford pickup in Greenville and get in that truck and that driveway, everybody that can see through their window knows where y'all's going. In a world full of people that ain't going there anymore. They used to or their daddy did, or their granddaddy did, but they ain't. But there's a family in Greenville that every Sunday morning piles in that truck, and they still do. What you do is important. It It matters. 
I give you this for consideration. <laughs> we waiting out there today, we praise you, brother. In 6,000 years of recorded history, biblical recorded history, give or take a little. Are Sodom and Gomorrah still countries? Nope. What was the ruling party in Sodom and Gomorrah? It was a political party that condoned the men when they heard a visitor man, a stranger came to their city, surrounded the house, knocked on the door, and demanded the person who lived there throw that dude out so they could sexually abuse him. Sodom and Gomorrah are no longer nations. Mm -hmm. Rome, no longer a nation. Any nation from any of the former ages that have ever been taken over by perversion and corruption and anti-God people, they are not here today. Where are they? Homosexuality is not brand new. Men pretending they're women is not brand new. Women pretending they're men is not brand new. This is as old as the Bible. They have taken over the political offices and nations before and leaned them there that way. But you tell me off the top of your head, one nation today that is that way. There is none. If we draw from the evidence of the former ages and inquire of their fathers, we will learn that if our nation takes this path, we will be no more. Right. It's important to remember for ourselves personally when we're faced with decisions, life principles that we want to make for ourselves it's important not to make those just on the evidence we have personally because number, verse number 9 says we are but of yesterday and know nothing because our days on earth are just a shadow. In other words, who in the heck am I to think I can make all my life decisions based on what I know? Yeah. I mean, I'm the oldest fella here. I have acquired the most life experience here. Some of those years, dog years, seven for one. I'm not really just 58, I'm about 103. I look real good for my age. I'm 103. <laughs> but even living like that, According to history, and according to how much time we've really been here, who am I to make all my life principles based on what I've experienced? Yeah. Based on what I've seen? Yeah. And what I know? That would be foolish. If I was Adam, or I was Seth, and I didn't have no history to draw from, and I didn't know how to do this or do that or do this because Seth didn't have a Bible, and I had to decide how to do things based on what I knew because there was nobody before me. Well, okay. But if I'm alive in 2023, 6,000 years of experience behind me that I can look back and say, hey, let's see how to do marriage that works. Yeah. Let's see how to raise children that works. Let's see how to treat our grandchildren in a way that works. I would be a fool not to. And yet today, in our society, 
There are a group of people with the loudest microphones in the seats of power that are ignoring all those thousands of years of information. Yeah. And cannot, cannot, cannot let the noise move you. You cannot let a majority move you. We have to draw our life principles from all the information that is available and even better than mankind's written history, yeah. we got all the information we need right Amen. here in this book. Amen. Before I came to God, I used to tell people, man, I'm just doing the best I can. My kids, they didn't come with a manual. I used to do the best I can. My marriage, it don't come with a manual. I do my finances the way I think of work. It don't come with a manual. There ain't one area of our life that don't come with a manual. Amen. Damon, I think, was sent me a, a reel of a preacher talking a little bit about that. And I was like, yeah, I like that. I teach that principle because it's true. Shall not they teach thee? Who? Well, the evidence from the former ages, from verse 8. The things we learn when we prepare ourselves to do a search of our fathers. Yeah. Verse 10, shall not they teach thee and tell you and utter words out of their heart? Heck yeah! Yeah, that's what I want. Man, look. You can find anything you're faced with in your walk with God. You can find somebody in this book that did it right and do it that way or you can find somebody in this book that did it wrong and not do it that way let the voices from history instruct us not the noise not the immoral majority did I just make that up? I'm pretty sure I did not the immoral majority Shouldn't they teach you and tell you in other words out of their heart? Shouldn't you learn from them instead of having to skin your own nose? Yeah, I like that idea. Can the rush grow up without mire? Can the flag grow without water? Now that word rush, it means a bull rush or papyrus. And that word mire, it means a swamp, right? So really what it's saying is, uh, can the, the bull rush grow up uh, outside of a swamp? No, because a swamp is where bulrushes grow. Can a man be a woman without a womb? No, because a woman has a womb. Yep. Right. Exactly. That's the that's principle this verse is trying to get across to us. No matter what they tell you, they can tell you you can plant a rush out in the middle of the desert and it's going to grow. Just do it our way. This is the way we do it. Never mind, we got no science for this. They want you to follow the science until it shows they're lying. Yeah. But the word says, can the rust grow up outside of the swamp? No. Can the flag grow up without water? No. If it ain't done right, it will fail. Yes. That's right. When you put out a garden, you try to sow all your seeds where it's supposed to go. 
But that parable Jesus talked about the sower, and some fell on hard ground, some fell on the wayside, and you know, some grew up right away. That's why people that come around and come in and instantly they're on fire and excited. I love them, but I start praying real hard for them because they're just like that seed Jesus told about. They grow and, and shoot up real fast, but as soon as the sun comes, as soon as some heat comes, as soon as some pressure comes, they wilt and die, and then they're just gone. The reason I like people that take their time to make their decisions is because Jesus said that seed that's put on good ground, it grows some roots down in there, and then when it shoots up, it takes longer than the one shot right up. But when that thing comes up, it's got roots. Oh, yeah. So when the sun comes out and the pressure comes out, it can draw from water that is down deep, and it will live. Yeah. We have to make sure that the soon-to-come increased pressure from our society and from the church world. Understand this. Bless him, Lord. All right. She said it, I'll do it. The, the religious group that's getting the most publicity for a good portion of their people saying, we're not going to stay in this fellowship we've been in for 300 years, because this fellowship we've been in for 300 years is being swayed by the noise and the immoral majority. I'm going to wear that one out. I like it. And being swayed by the immoral majority. And now not only are they condoning and performing same-sex marriages in their church, but now they are ordaining homosexuals and lesbians. And that group is the Methodist. People, people that a good number of people just like us, covered by the blood, yeah. the people of the name of Jesus, look down their nose at and say, they ain't got nothing. If you ain't got Jesus' name, you ain't got anything. Well, I'm convicted because not only do I have Jesus' name, Jimmy, but I also got the infilling of the Holy yes. Ghost, dude. Yes. And yet I'm not the one standing up and getting PR for looking at people and saying, I believed everything you believed for the last hundred years. My mama was in this church. My grandmother was in this church. Her grandmother was in this church. But if you're going this way, I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So these people, that if we're not careful, we can have a prideful spirit about our religion compared to theirs. Yeah. They're standing up with no Holy Ghost with no Jesus name, with no covering of the blood, and they're standing up for truth. Yeah. It stands to reason our turn will yeah. come. Oh yeah. yeah. That's why it's important. I urge you to do a review of your life principles. Say, well, what are you talking about? I'm trying to live everything by the body. That's good. But we can get so busy because life gets busy. Yes, yes, when you're learning new systems at work, you don't know if you're going home when you're supposed to. When your husband works for some crooks who don't care about their people, you don't know when he's going to get a day off. When you put out a garden, you don't know when you're going to come in the house at night. Right. When you got kids and trying to start a family business, Right. You're running around like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I've been yes, waiting sir. a month to use that. Right. I like that one. That's right. That's right. Amen, bro. Hey, Lane, I've had it there for a month. How am I going to work this into a script? It's good. <laughs> we can get busy with life, 
And it's not that we have wandered from living right. Please hear me. Please hear me today. It's not that we've wandered from living right. It's not that we've wandered from doing things God's way. But in the environment we're living in today, it is important for us from time to time to go back and go over all of our life principles. And you married couples, do it with your spouse. Go over all your life principles and make sure not just that you're still doing them this way, but that you know why you're doing them this way. Amen. The reason that's important is because, that was pretty good, I just thought this. When this is loud in my heart, they're not so loud in my ears. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because it's like us men do sometimes halfway through a conversation. It's not that we don't want to know what our wife did at Walmart. We got lost with the lady's red shoes, the person with a poodle, and they changed stuff in Walmart. And who has a nerve to change Walmart? They should have left it like it was. And we just lost track of what we were even being told. We're men. We do that. This is one time where it comes in handy to have the man that wants the big parts the little picture with the big pieces. Yeah. But to have a wife that wants the whole picture with all the pieces. Because then when we come together and we go over our life principles, we get the real picture of how things are and why things are that way. The reason you have to reinforce that in your mind and your heart is because the noise is going to get louder. Yes. Our president, and I quote, just said the other day, I am going to run again, but we haven't decided to announce it. Right. Yep. What? Don't even try. <laughs> hey, Mo! Hey, Mo! Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got it, can the rush grow up without the mire? Can it, can, can it work somewhere where it's not supposed to? No! Can a flag grow without water? No! Because if you try to do those things while it is yet green, and not cut down, it's going to wither anyway. It's going to die sooner than all the other stuff that was planted. Right! Yeah. Woo! I like that verse. Yeah. Mm. They can show something happen really fast. This guy came in office in 2020, and by 2022, we got schools all over the country that won't tell a mom and dad if their kid decides they want to be another gender. In two years, this has happened. So the flag has grown up. The thing looks like it's taken root and it's a real deal. But it ain't in the right place. It doesn't work that way. And it will wither. If we keep planting everything in our life the right way, it may take longer to grow. But when that thing withers, ours is going to still be standing. Amen. That's right. True. Amen. <laughs> Look what he compares that to. The one that's green. It's not cut down, so why did it die? It withered before anything else. Did. Why did it die? Because it wasn't done right. And that's just like the paths of everybody that what? Forgets God. Amen. Now, that word forget there, it doesn't uh, simply mean memory, like forgotten completely. Uh, it also means lack of attention. I've said this before. God chose Israel. And because they accepted that offer for a relationship, 
There's accountability in that nation. And all the way through this Bible, you can read the cause and effect of anything that ever came their way. America chose God. And God accepted the offer of that relationship. And because of that, there are causes and effects in our country. And they will be the same, if not worse, than the ones you can read of in the Old Testament with Israel. Countries and people that forget God, that pay Him no attention. You cannot, I love this politically correct phrase, have same-sex attraction <coughs> and sincerely serve God and not have that God convict you over that. Yes, amen. But you can confess to have that problem and confess to serve God, but completely ignore Him and pay Him no attention. That is the only way you can do those two things at one time. Yeah. yeah. The paths of all that forget God, they're like that thing that grows for a little while, but then it will wither before anything else does. That's individuals, it's churches, it's countries. I've been in churches before. I had the privilege of preaching. I've preached a lot of different places in the kingdom, and I'm fortunate for that. It's been an honor and a privilege. And some of the places I can remember starting out, they'd have me come preach, and they'd be in a room half this size. It'd be me and three other people. And then maybe a couple years later, same room, me and 20 people. Maybe a couple years later, new building, 50 people. Then 75 people. And then new carpet. And then chandeliers. And then dead sticks on the wall. That's home interiors, for wonder. Then dead sticks on the wall. And I've been in some of those churches and never did forget when they were in a half-size room with four people. Yeah. Because when they were big, they worshipped like there was only four people in there and didn't care what everybody else thought. Yeah. But then I've been in some of those places that when they got to the place where they put dead sticks on the wall, they had no memory of that half room with four people. Because now they would stop in the middle of a song and start it all over because the key was wrong. Mm -hmm. When they were in that half room with four people, they didn't care about no key. Yeah. They knew what keys were, but that wasn't the most important thing. Yeah. But now they're on a platform and got the carpet. Preacher's got his throne sitting behind the pulpit. And now we got to have the key right because we're a big church, you know. So are the paths of all that forget God and the hypocrite's hope will perish. That word hypocrite, that implies it's somebody that's soiled with sin or impious. Here's what a hypocrite really is. A hypocrite is not somebody that goes to church with a problem. Come on. Right. I don't know what you guys went for, but I went because I had a problem. Right. Yeah. And I still come with problems. Yeah. And when I get the hang of my old problems, somehow I pick up new ones. Yeah. I don't like going to church people don't have problems. Because they're lying. Period. What a hypocrite is, is somebody that acts like they're looking for the answer, but when they're provided with the answer, don't do nothing with it. Right. Pretty simple, huh? Now, don't misunderstand. Sometimes when we find the answer for something we have a problem with, just because we know the answer on day one, <laughs> 
It don't mean that we've licked that problem on day one. It may be day two or day 52. But the difference between somebody who's sincere and a hypocrite is the sincere one still trying on day 52. Yeah. Yeah. They said, I don't know, is there something wrong with me? That's when somebody in their real church saddles up alongside them and says, no, there ain't nothing wrong with you, man. This is sometimes it's hard. Don't worry, we got you back. Fall on day 53, we'll be here for day 54. We'll love you just like we did on day one. Actually, we will have more respect for you because it's day 54 in your journey and you're still here. Yep. Right. That's right. Come on. So the paths of all that forget or neglect God and the faker's hope will die. Their hope will be cut off. The things they trust in will be like a spider web. That thing will catch a fly, but a human will walk right through it. Thank God. Right. For my wife, you dance all the way through the thing and run around the house five times after you've been in a spider web. <laughs> if your husband's nearby, you beat on him for some reason. I don't know why it's my fault. That is her reaction to a spider web. <laughs> now, when she says spider web, I run too. Not from the spider, from her. <laughs> but this thing says people that don't build it right, they hope in things that are no stronger than a spider webs. It'll hold up the little things. But the big things, the most important things in your life, break right through it. That's why we cannot give in to the pressure. Yeah. I'm going to swat my grandkid in the middle of Walmart if it means I go to jail. Yeah. Guess what? After I get out of jail and take my kid to Walmart again, and the next time they want to be that Walmart brat that wants a titchy roll and thinks screaming will get it done, and I look at them and say, if you don't hush, I'm going to spank you, they're going to hush next time because they know Papa will go to jail over this. I've never been hated. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. Don't care what they say about it. The stuff's in the book. That same person will lean upon his house. Sometimes you got to lean on your house. In a family, uh, how long? You had your wedding anniversary not too long ago. How long have you been married? 21? 20, 23. 23 years? Well, that's funny. It was Jimmy's 22nd birthday the day before, and you've been married 23 years. <laughs> you don't stay married 23 years without there having been a whole lot of time in there where each of you, at one time or another, just one of you, has had to lean on your house. And when that happened, you had to lean on him. Mm-hmm. And there was times where you had to lean on her. That means she had to carry all the weight sometimes. Yeah. And that means she had to carry all the weight sometimes. Yeah. But you stay married because when that season's over, she doesn't look at you and say, I shouldn't have to carry that. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. And you don't just walk off like, well, that's just your job. No, she looks at you and says, man, I can tell you, you're back, Jimmy. I'm glad. I'm glad you're back. And then Jimmy looks back and says, I wouldn't be back if you hadn't carried me back there. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. very true. But sometimes we just got to lean on the house. But if we build our house in a way that we can't look to the former ages and see that it works, and we can't look to the history of our fathers, that that way works. If we don't build it that way, there's going to come a time where we're going to lean on our house. And what's this say going to happen to the house? He'll lean on his house, but it'll not stand. That means the times you need to lean on her, you need to lean on her because you couldn't stand on your own. Yeah. 
But if this marriage wasn't built right, you'd have went to lean on her. She couldn't stand either. You both would have fell down and you wouldn't be here today. But because you built it right, when you need to lean on her, she could stand. Because she knows her husband loves her like this book says he should. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) So when you need to lean on her, you could. And when you got your legs back on you and stood on your own, she looked back at you and she said, you know what? Not only was it worth it, but I'll do it again. Right. Exactly. That's it. That's how marriage is like Lori and Travis's. If those employers of Travis's ever did any kind of research, cared enough to ever look and see how many medical emergencies their employees have had, if they ever asked how many of you have been separated since you started working here, how many of you have been divorced since you started working here, how many of you, your relationship with your wife and your kids is deteriorated since you started working here, they would be embarrassed. Right. Yeah. So then how do all the mother marriages suffer like that? And this one still asks prayer for my traps. Exactly. Because they're building a marriage from the evidence we have from the former ages. And from the knowledge of our fathers, yeah. and on the time when they both have to lean on each other. That's right. We covered Lori every day last week because Lori's having a rough time at work. That's yeah. right. Guess what? She knows she can lean on Travis. But her Travis right now is in a situation where he's got to do some leaning of his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does a couple who have built their oh, I love this. This is good stuff. Who have built their marriage in this? but are both in a season where they have to lean. Each one of them does. And they're the only ones in their home. Who do you suppose they lean on when they need to? What? This house. This house. (laughs) That's right. This house. This house. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's why when a week's coming like that, the Lord is already struggling because her husband's gone all the time. And her husband's struggling because he's gone all the time. But it tears him up too. And Lori's got a rough week coming up. Well, who is it that stands up then and says, hey, lean on me this week. Mm-hmm. Why do we make sure we give money to Damon for the meals? And he says, no, I don't want that money. Why? Because this house right here is trying to get a firmer foundation and bless itself right. according to the book. And at home, they've got two mason jars. You heard yeah. the story. Yeah. yeah. And every time they make a sale, God's tithe goes into the tithe mason Amen. jar, yeah. and the rest of the money goes into the... Now, that is building it the yes. right way. Yes. And that's why when we order meals, we're going to pay for yeah. them. Right. Because they can lean on us. Yeah. Right. They get a restaurant and they're rich. I ain't paying for no more food. Right. That's it. That's it. I'm going to eat from three. We know what we're eating after church Sunday. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But until then. Right. See, this is... Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Glory. Mm. Thank you, Lord. All that last little bit of that was right from God. None of that's in my notes. I never even considered it before. That's one more reason why it's so important that we as a church do the same thing that I'm talking about today with this principle. We as a church, we cannot get caught up in the way they're doing it, the way yeah. they're doing it. Everybody else is doing it. Nobody has church in the park every Sunday. What kind of church are you? Don't, man. Uh. Now, we're this church over here. Mm-hmm. And other than having church in the park, Everything else we do, we can show you if you want to know what kind of church we are. But meanwhile, we're going to build everything in our church family yes. from the former ages and the knowledge that we can gain from our biblical fathers, right? 
Because there's going to come a day where every single one of us got to lean on it. Okay. We're there. Verse 20. Here's the last two verses. You ought to be excited. Chapter. So God tells you the same chapter, verse 20. Same chapter, verse 20. Okay. Yep, chapter 8, verse 20. Okay. Thank you. So God tells everything from the word what will happen when we build it the way the loud voices want us to. But look what he says in verse 20. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man. And ladies, please, other than when it's talking about husbands or deacons or whatever, whenever it says man in there, it means human. Okay? Behold, God will not cast away a perfect human. Right? And that word perfect means undefiled and upright. Pious. That's somebody who's trying their best, whether it's day 52. Blameless. Yeah. Blameless. God will not cast away that perfect person, the sincere person. Neither will he help the evildoers. Right. So you need to understand everything in our society that we know is evil, that seems like it's prospering, it ain't prospering from God. No. It's prospering from what they can perform on their own, and we all know sooner or later that's going to crash. Then he says when it's going to end. He will not cast away. He will not cast you away until he fills your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing. This is only promised to those of us who inquire in former ages and search out the knowledge of all our biblical fathers, right? It's a pretty amazing promise to have. I'm going to ask you stand with me today. Blesses my soul that our church family, that the work that all of us have been doing. Look, this ain't my work. This ain't me and Kitty's work. And whenever I have a guest preacher come, and I will, maybe. But whatever I do, if they ever open their mouth and say, "We're sir." Excited about the work Arliss and Kitty are doing, I will stand right up and correct them on the spot in a, in a polite way and let them know, dude, if this was just what me and Kitty would be doing, we'd be the only ones here. This is what everybody here has got their shoulder under the load. Everybody does. And I'm glad that the work here has been something that's brought each of us to a place and our walk with God that's solid. I'm excited for that. I'm glad for, for all the spider bites. It's a spider, isn't it? Spider bite? Some kind of on your hand. I don't remember what they did that time. Some knot on his hand. They still live in Kentucky. Oh, yeah, we never did figure out what they were. We that never was. knew what we it was. Staying, we was hanging out at your place one weekend. We'd oh. come down. Oh. Yeah, but we don't, I don't think we know. It what, didn't happen there. That's where you prayed for him, and it You prayed for us at your house. Yeah, it left. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad for the for the walking away from the deathbed. Yeah. I'm glad for for Nathan's testimony in yeah. North Carolina. We were at the end of a series of services there, and the Wells family, uh, they had drums there. Nathan is a dynamite drummer. 
And at the end of the last service, I was in the microphone and God just pressed me to just let everybody know, say, would you believe the drummer has autism? And when I said that, a guy all the way in the back, gnarly looking rough dude, kind of like, you know, probably would have been me and Jimmy's buddy in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes all the way from the back, and he's got tears streaming down his face, and he comes, I don't remember which one of you he found. I know he came to Nathan, but he's yeah. one of you guys. Yeah. And he came to him and said, nah, I can't believe it. I got hope for my son. You mean yeah. he's got autism and learned the drums? And that father was yeah. hopeless. He had an autistic son. And he'd never been encouraged, and he was dis discouraged about his son, what he could be in God. And yeah. because Nathan ain't yeah. massive about telling people nothing that God has done for him, yeah. that man was encouraged. Yes. And I'm glad for all that. Yes. But now, we have to agree together that we work together, yes. Yes. that we build this thing the right way. Mm -hmm. That way, when there's another day, and me and Kitty, our house needs to lean here. We can. When your day comes where you're going to need to lean here, where you can. It's important. And that's where we are now. Foundations laid. Scaffolding's up. There's walls up. What I like to do now is I'd like to pray for all of us. And I'd like to pray that God that God would help us that this next week at some point, I know that a lot of you guys are super busy, but at some point during this next week, if you can start to think about your life principles, and when you think about them, don't just take it for granted. Well, I know I'm doing it the way I was taught. I know I'm doing it God's... Just you know, stop. And then ask yourself, where do I get that from? Well, from the Bible. Well, from where? And if you can't do that, find from where. And make that thing solid again in your heart. Because the stronger we are in that, the better we're going to be able to stand as the immoral majority gets louder and more powerful. And they're going to. Yes. But along with that, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come looking for something solid. Yeah. And they're going to need a house to lean on because theirs is in shambles. Yeah. And every one of you individually have houses that people can lean on. Us collectively... We can really help a lot of people That's right. yes. if we Amen. just ignore the noise and build it the right way. Amen. Lord, I thank you, Father. Yes, Lord, I thank you thank today, God. Jesus. Lord, it's over two years now. And Lord, it'd be real easy for somebody to say, two years and there's only three families besides yours, preacher? That's a failure. Be so easy for the religious world to say two years and you're in a classroom with a senior center. You're using a 1980 overhead projector and mm, you ain't got you lights Jesus. or you ain't got a stage or thank nothing. You, Jesus. Lord, we don't care about any of that. That's right. I thank you, Lord, that when I look at the Russell family, I see success in the gospel. When I look at the Wells family, I see success in the gospel. When I look at the Damon Rapier family, I see success in the gospel. Yes, I thank you, Father, that every house here is being built according yes. to the knowledge from former ages. Yes. And we have inquired from their fathers. And we look in the Bible 
to see how to do things in our life. And I thank you that each one of these families has the fruit that would only be there if they're building it that way. It's too far in this thing, Lord. Lord, if they weren't building where they're supposed to in the way they're supposed to, just like in the Scripture today, it would have withered up and it would have died. But each one of these families is not just strong today, but they're stronger every day than the day before. I thank You for that, Lord. And I pray now, God, that You would help us as a church family to, to ignore the noise, to ignore the immoral majority, to ignore the religious people, and to continue to follow You. We'll go where You lead us. If You don't want us having park services, let Lori not be able to get it one single time. Yes. But if that's where you want us, Lord, that's where we'll go. We don't care what anybody thinks about it. We are after your will. We pray today, God, that you would help us. That when we go from the small classroom to a bigger room and more people and to somewhere with a, a, a platform and all the instruments and all the things according to the eye that a church ought to have, that we never forget what it really is a church ought to have. That we never forget where we came from yes. and why we came from there, Father. Jesus. And I ask You, Lord, as we become a place where other families, other houses that are broken, Houses that are in shambles. Houses that are on fire, Father. When we're at a place where those houses can come in and lean on this house, God, that You would trust us with them. And when they come in here, Lord, we will remember they might be our brother, they might be our sister, but they are going to be heavy. But they can lean on us, God, because we lean on You. And we lean on each other. I thank you for this family that you're building here. That that's exactly what it is. That when one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. When one of us is in sorrow, we all sorrow. When one of us is weak, we step right next to him and lift him up. If one should fall, we would restore such a one, Father. I ask you today, Lord, to have mercy upon our nation protect our children. They're trying to destroy our children. Lord, they're chemically castrating little boys. They're giving double mastectomies <coughs> to little girls. I ask you, Lord, to defend the children. I ask you, Lord, to use us to defend the children. I pray today, Father, Lord, that You would overturn the evil in our land today. And that when it withers, there would be good people standing in place, Lord, to lead us down the right path, God. I ask You, Lord, to touch those of us that have children that aren't serving You, grandchildren. I ask You, Lord, to visit them today, speak their names. Yes, Lord. And I thank You, Lord, for the four children in Sunday school today. Yes. I thank You for Kitty and Iris. Use them, Father, to bless these children, to love on these children, to strengthen on these children, that these children would know they can lean on them, Father. Yes. Today, I thank You, Lord. Thank You for every member of our church family today. Be with Abby. Be with Travis. 
I ask you to bless your people all week long until we come together again. Yes. I ask you to do it all for your glory. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, God bless you. That's right.